When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. It's Adam again. Welcome to Sound Sleep. I am very excited to share that Sound Sleep, the premium feed, is now available. For less than $1 a week, you get bonus episodes, ad-free early releases, and you get to support this podcast. It's super simple, and you can listen in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe directly from the app. And if you're listening in any other podcast app, it just takes two taps, and you will be listening just as you are now, directly from your favorite podcast player. Head to soundsleeppodcast.com or look in the show notes for more information. I really hope you enjoy this week's story. If you'd like to tell me what you think, feel free to let me know with a review and a rating. Or send me a message on Instagram or in the Facebook group. When designing a music playlist to help you wind down for the night, one factor to consider is the tempo. The tempo, or speed at which music is played, is often measured in the amount of beats per minute, or BPM. Most studies have selected music that is around 60 to 80 BPM because normal resting heart rates range from 60 to 100 BPM. It's often hypothesized that the body may sync up with slower music. The music in this episode was made specifically for us. Using these and other methods to promote deep sleep Hope you enjoy listening.
even more stories to listen to and fall asleep with, check out one of my favorites, Dreamful. Jordan has an amazing selection of the best stories and perfectly pairs them with music that she personally selects. You'll be snoozing in no time to Pride and Prejudice, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, or you could easily get hooked on her 12-part Constellation series. Check out Dreamful wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Coach Me Greg. If you're like me, you have a lot of big ideas and plans. You want to be productive and get fulfillment out of your life. And if you're like me, you may feel like sometimes you need a little help to be your best, to keep you on target and motivated so you can achieve what you set out to do. So if you're like me, well, then you should go to coachmegreg.com. I've received tremendous value from working with Greg. He's easy to talk with, and there's no judgment. I can count on him to help me find the best solution and schedule. He makes everything very easy, and I find it very helpful to have someone I can trust working with me and rooting for me as I try to get the most out of life that I can. Go to coachmegreg.com. Schedule your free consultation today. Before our story, take a nice, deep breath in and hold it for a moment. Then exhale gently. As you allow yourself to sink more deeply into your breath, allow yourself to think about what you did today that you appreciate. Often at the end of the day, we think about what is undone, what we did not accomplish. focus on something you did, that you are grateful you did. It could be anything from making your bed to some other major accomplishment. Nothing is too small. Take a moment to feel grateful to yourself right now. As you consider these positive moments, tell yourself either out loud or in your head, you did good today. 
take a deep breath, filling your ribcage, feeling the expansion, and when you are ready, exhale with a sigh. As we begin our story, continue with a few more deep breaths, preparing your mind and body to be ready for a peaceful and sound sleep. guest of Robin Hood. Of all the thieves and highway robbers who have ever lived, by far the politest was Robin Hood. He liked to entertain those he robbed as guests in his own home. Although his home was a rough camp in Greenwood, which was in the thickest and darkest part of Sherwood Forest. His table was always heavy with rich food and wine. He was very choosy about those whom he invited to his lair. He only liked to rob the best sort of people, nobles, knights, barons, and leading figures of the church. He treated his victims with such great courtesy and hospitality that afterwards some of them said that it had been a privilege to have been robbed by Robin Hood. One day, Robin and his men had been out shooting game in the king's forest. It was this habit that had made them outlaws in the first place. For the king's brother, John, had declared that all the forests belonged to him, and anyone who hunted there without his permission would face severe punishment. King Richard himself would not have deprived the foresters of food, but he was away fighting wars overseas. While he was away, his brother John ruled England with cruelty and injustice. On this day, the hunting had been good, and Robin Hood and his men were looking forward to a fine dinner. But let us not be greedy and keep all this fine food for ourselves, said Robin. I will not eat until I have a worthy guest at my table. Little John, go and find me a fitting guest and invite him to dine with us. Little John's real name was John Little but everyone called him Little John because he was so huge. 
He was six foot five inches tall and as broad as a tree. He was Robin's most trusted partner in crime and feared nothing and nobody, not even Robin. Although he was hungry, he agreed to go and find a guest. He took two of the best men, Will Scarlet and Much, the miller's son. They went up to the highway to wait for a suitable guest to come along. The road was quiet, and they waited an hour or more for a suitable victim. At last, a knight came riding down the road. As he drew near, they saw that he was lost in thought, and there was a look of great sadness on his face. The three men jumped out and pointed their arrows at his chest. Their long bows were so powerful that they could easily pass through any armored breastplate or chainmail. Cheer up, gentle Sir Knight, called out Little John. You are invited to the table of my master for dinner tonight. The knight was startled and replied, But I plan to dine in Barnsleydale tonight, for tomorrow I must go see the abbot on urgent business. Tis a pity, said Little John still aiming his arrow at the knight's chest. For my master will take great offense should you refuse his kind invitation. And who might your master be? asked the knight. His name should be known to all who pass by Sherwood Forest, for it is Robin Hood. In that case, I shall come said the knight, for I have heard much about him. Will Scarlet placed a blindfold over the knight's eyes, and they led him through the forest to the hideaway. Robin greeted the knight with great courtesy. Welcome to Greenwood, gentle Sir Knight. All ours is yours. They washed their hands together in the stream and then they dined on pheasant, trout, cuts of venison and barley bread, then swilled it down with plenty of red wine. I have not eaten such a dinner in these last three months, declared the knight. And if you visit my castle, I shall make you a fine feast in return. Ah! said Robin. I would much prefer, kind sir, that you paid before you leave. For it is the custom in Greenwood that a peasant's son such as I should not pay for a knight. The sad expression returned to the knight's face. I have but ten shillings, he said. Robin had not entertained such a poor guest at his table before. 
If what you say is true, he said, I will not take one penny off you. Indeed, I shall lend you money from my own coffers. Robin sent little John to look through the knight's belongings. When he had checked them, he said, Our gentle knight is indeed a pauper. How come so poor? asked Robin. The sad knight told his story. He had a son who was a fine, strong, but hot-tempered young man. He liked to joust, and in a contest he had killed the son of a baron. The baron demanded blood money of four hundred pounds, and if it was not paid, the knight's son would be put on trial for murder and executed. In those days, four hundred pounds was a great deal of money, and although the knight had a steady income from his lands, he did not have such a sum ready to give. He was forced to borrow from a wealthy churchman, the abbot of the monastery of St. Mary. The abbot gave the knight just three months to repay the loan, and if he failed to pay back the money in that time, the knight must give the abbot all his land instead. The time of the loan was almost up, and the knight was traveling to the abbot to plead for more time to pay. But the abbot did not become rich by showing mercy, said the knight, and therefore I fully expect that by tomorrow evening I will truly be a landless pauper. I plan to take a ship and join King Richard, who is fighting in the Holy Lands. Too many good knights are overseas, said Robin, which is why there is so much injustice at home. No, by Saint Mary, who is dear to me, I shall make you a loan of four hundred pounds, and you shall repay the abbot. The next day, at the monastery of Saint Mary, a monk spoke to the abbot. Your worshipful grace, today the knight must repay his loan or forfeit his lands. He will surely forfeit, replied the abbot, for I do not think he will find four hundred pounds in so short a time. When the knight and little John arrived outside the monastery, they changed into their poor clothes again before entering and asking to see the abbot. The porter at the gate said, That surely is the shabbiest and saddest-looking knight that I ever did see. Inside the main hall, the knight knelt down before the abbot. The abbot did not greet him 
but said straight out, Well, have you brought my money? Not one penny, replied the knight. The monk said, Then why did you come to waste his grace's time like this? Your lands are lost. Go away. I came, said the knight, to ask for mercy and more time to pay. You shall not have a minute more, said the abbot. Your lands are mine. Be off. If you give me more time, I shall serve you faithfully, said the knight. Show mercy, for it is good to help one who has need. At this, the abbot swore a great oath and roundly cursed him. Out, out, false knight! Speed out of my hall, he shouted. I am no false knight, replied the debtor. With that, he opened his bag and emptied the gold onto the floor. If you had shown mercy, I would have repaid your debt and served you faithfully. But as it is, here is your money. Now the papers to my land, your grace, if you please. The abbot had no choice but to hand back the deeds to the knight's land although he was sorry to do so. For it was worth a good deal more than 400 pounds in gold. Two days later, the knight returned to his castle wearing his sad expression. Are we paupers? Asked his wife. No, said he, brightening up. We are saved. God bless Robin Hood. A year passed, and the knight gathered together 400 pounds to repay his debt to Robin. He also made 100 arrows, and had them plumbed with peacock feathers as a gift to show his gratitude. A good friar arranged a meeting with Robin beneath a great oak tree in Greenwood. On the way, the knight stopped to watch a wrestling match between the son of a nobleman and a peasant. The two men pushed, grappled, arm locked, tripped, and threw each other. But the peasant was the stronger and he soon had the nobleman's son pinned to the ground and unable to move. He claimed his prize, a pound in gold. But the nobleman's friends would not pay. Instead, the judge of the contest drew his sword and was about to kill the peasant for his impudence. Seeing this, the knight rode up and declared, The man that harms the victor of this match will have to contend with me. The nobleman's friends did not want to take on a knight, 
they released the peasant. Follow me, said the knight, and I will take you to join Robin Hood and his men. The peasant agreed, for he knew that if he did not, the nobleman would get him later. The knight arrived late for his meeting with Robin, and when he explained what had delayed him on the way, Robin said, Gentle Sir Knight, consider the four hundred pounds a gift, for I will not accept a penny from a man who stands up for justice. Then take these, said the knight, and he showed Robin the one hundred arrows, plumbed with peacock feathers. That evening, the gentle knight was a guest at Robin's table for a second time, and they feasted until they could eat no more.